All right, Romans chapter 8 tonight. We're going to talk about the spirit of prayer. I've got, I don't have a great deal to say, but it's real important. I, all this is, it's a, it's just a, it's a principle or an element in, in the subject of prayer that this doesn't ever, hardly ever get touched. Most of the preaching, most of the books I've ever read or heard about prayer, it's all just turned into like a mechanical, uh, you know, performance or whatever. I mean, it's just something we they teach you how to do it, you know, how to pray. Well, <laughs> uh, prayer is a spiritual exercise. So we're going to talk about the spirit of prayer. Let's read in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through and 27. Likewise, the Spirit, with a capital S, that's talking about the Holy Spirit of God, also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Again, capital S. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Well, uh, you can get confused about all that real easily. Uh, and uh, hopefully you won't tonight. Hopefully we can make that a little clearer. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says this. And it's right at the end of the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. At the end of it, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Capital S. Again, in the Holy Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, there's so much said right there. Prayer has its foundation in the Word of God. Now, think about this with me for a little bit here. Prayer has its foundation in the Word of God, not in our own desires and our own emotions and our own opinions and whatever. It doesn't have it, uh, its, its uh, foundation in our need. God knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. He knows what we need. We don't have to beg God for our needs. Now He said, give us this day our daily bread. But we don't have to beg for it. David said, I've not, and I've never seen God's children begging bread. His seed. We pray according to our knowledge of God and His law and His promises. Now, effectual prayer is going to have its foundation there. God said, I can trust Him. You come to God with His own word, with what He said. You come to God with that on as the foundation of what you're asking for, well then, you're on good ground. You're on praying ground then. As long as you're just grasping at the air and you're just all, it's all emotion and it's all worry and fret about your situation or your need or your trouble, then that's not really good ground. You can cry out to God and cry about your trouble, but the real ground to get on if you want an answer, if you want deliverance, is to come to God 
with his word, what he's, what he's promised. Now, what is he promised about? If we're in trouble and we call on him, what did he say he'd do? He would answer us, yes, sir. Call unto me, and I will show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. He wants to hear from us. But he wants to hear from us on the right grounds. And the grounds are the word of God, his, his promises and what he has said, his character, his law. What we know about God is based upon his written word, which is this book right here. And it's not on individual revelations and visions and dreams or anything else. What we know about God is what is written in this book. Not what I think, not what I dream up, not what I imagine. It's what this book says. Now, as long as you stay in the book and you keep your idea of God, your concept of God in line with the book, then you can pray to God. When you get off in la-la land and kookiness, when you start making God or perceiving Him to be something that He is not, in His character or in His uh, judgment, in His uh, law, you know, what He really is, you're moving off, you've already moved off to idolatry. That's what that is. It's when you make God like you want Him or like you think He is based on something besides the Word of God. And people do that all the time. People have bad experiences and then they, they alter their, their view and opinion of God. Their concept of God. Because of circumstances and things that have happened to them. The only thing that should alter your view of God and your concept of God is what you read in this book here. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, Jesus said. <laughs> Well, I've learned a lot about God in all these years, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning about what He's like. <laughs> and the more that I learn about Him, I'll tell you something, the easier it is to pray. And the easier it is to pray effectually. Not just beating around the bush, and not just crying into the air. And, you know, the Spirit of God helps us to understand and apply the Scriptures to ourselves personally in our present situation or problem. That's what we read in Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27 there. The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Well, now, we ought to be able, if we're honest, to admit that's true. We don't know what to pray for. We know what we want, and we know what the way we think things should go. But are we right? Are we all wise? Could it possibly be that there's something out of our view that we don't know about or don't understand yet? <laughs> you better believe it. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the effects of everything is going to be. So we, we don't know what to pray for when it comes to a lot of these things. <coughs> and so the Spirit of God helps us to understand and apply the Scripture to, our, to ourselves, personally, and in our present situation or problem. Whatever's going on in your life at a certain time. You know, we just talked about some folks that come here sometimes. A terrible situation in their life. What in the world? 
Well, people don't always know the Word of God. That's why that I kind of rail on you a little sometimes about reading the Word of God. Because very few people do. They don't read and they don't study and they don't memorize and they don't hide it in their heart like the Bible says to do. So when you come to the trouble, you don't even know how to pray. You don't even know what to do. You don't know if God will help you or not. You don't know what He said about these kind of things. Our infirmity that it talks about in that verse there is our blindness or our inability to find that application of the Word of God in a real and personal way. We were talking the other day. I was talking to my wife about it and I said, you know, year, a long time ago, I, fig- I figured out, just listening to preaching, that if there's no real life application to what I'm preaching, then it's worthless. This all isn't just pie in the sky, by and by stuff. This is all not just preaching high and holy stuff. It's just something you talk about. What the preaching of the Word of God has to make it the make a practical application. Man, you got to go out of this place with what you hear and learn from the Word of God, and and put it into practice. It has to become a part. You have to assimilate it into your soul and spirit and mind and heart. And it has to be more and more what controls you and guides you in life and all these problems of life. And prayer is one of those things that is mighty important. That's our infirmity, is the inability to find the application of the Word of God. I don't care how long you live, you know, as a Christian, a good Christian, you're still going to keep learning things from the Word of God that how they apply in real life. How to get along with people. How to treat people in a way that pleases God. I don't know, it'll never end till the day till you draw your last breath. You're still going to keep learning That's true. That's to do better. Right. To walk closer to God. Yes. To be more like Jesus. If you're reading the Word of God. And if you're walking in the Spirit, because the Spirit will take the Word of God and help your infirmity. He'll help you to see what's wrong, where you're missing it. He'll help you to see things that you could have that would help so much. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to try to keep going here. We, We don't even know. Well, let me say this first here. Anyone who's had any real experience with God has had the experience of of the Holy Spirit breathing a living Scripture to your heart when you sought God. If you've you've had any experience at all, you know what I'm talking about. God, just take a Scripture and just just shine a light on it for you. you. Make it so you can understand what that verse is saying. Or some of what that verse is saying. Um, We don't know what we should pray for. The Spirit leads us and shows us what to pray for. And how does He do it? Now I'm going to repeat. How does He do it? How does the Spirit lead us to understand the Word of God? The Spirit of God 
always speaks to us through the Word of God. Now that's the way this thing works. The Spirit of God don't make you have some emotional bang, you know, emotional high experience like smoking a joint or something. That is not the Holy Spirit of God. Don't make you act crazy. Don't make you act drunk. The Holy Spirit don't do that stuff. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said when He has come, He will testify of me. He'll speak of me. That's what He does. Jesus said if I be lifted up, well that's what the Holy Spirit does. Always lifts up Jesus with the Word of God, through the Word of God, to your soul. That's what the Spirit does. He comforts us in our problems, in our distresses, in our troubles. And He guides us unto all truth. The Spirit of God leads us to pray. Period. It's the Spirit of God that leads you to pray. If you're walking after the Spirit and not at not after the flesh, you'll want to pray. I mean, it'll just be, this prayer without ceasing won't be a task that you have to do and really work at. It'll just be something you do. You just, the Spirit of God will lead you to pray. <coughs> Listen to this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now those are both, uh, the spirit of bondage is a small s, because that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God will never put you in bondage. Uh, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, not bondage. And I jumped the gun on that one. That's 2 Corinthians 3.17. I wasn't planning to get to that just yet. But Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6, And because your sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So what does the Spirit of God do? Lead you to pray. Lead you to cry out to God. In a familiar way. Intimate way, if you will, to God. Like He's, he's not a far away uh, hope. He's a very present help. That's what He is. He's not long, far away. He's right there. Just a prayer way. <laughs> How does the Spirit of God work with us in prayer? Well, He doesn't pray for us. Now, when it says uh, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, that it doesn't mean that the Spirit just says, now you just sit down and I'll take care of this. And that's not, how, that's not what it means. The Spirit maketh intercession for us with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. We don't know what to pray for. That's what it just said. We don't even know what to pray for. The Spirit does know what we need to pray for. The Spirit makes intercession for us. That's pretty wonderful if you'll just think about it and if you'll receive it. God knows that the state that we're in. That we only see through a glass darkly. We only know in part. That's all we know. He knows that. 
He remembereth that we are but dust. And so, He will will hear our prayer when we don't even know what to pray for. Can you get that? I mean, we know we got a need, but we don't even know how to say it. We don't even know how to express it. We don't even really know what we need, but God does. And when we come praying, you know, God must just smile. With these little children, they come around, you know, little little bitty, before they can talk real well. And it don't take long to figure out what they're wanting. Don't. I can listen to them and with their broken words and their upside down words and and their tongue that don't work well, but you can figure it out, can't you? They pretty well get what they want, don't they? Sometimes they get out of things they should get, don't they, Esther? (laughs) I know I've had the same experience. God's that way too. He doesn't pray for us or suggest the words. Pray like this. Say this. You know, you'll see people with their written prayers, you know, here's a prayer for this. Read this. Well, you don't read prayers. Come on. That ain't a prayer. Something written out on a page. To me, that's absurd. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is is it's it's talking to God, but it's also God talking to you. It's a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual thing. It's not just a religious thing that we do. It's something real. He doesn't pray for us, suggest words. He doesn't guide our speech. We don't. It's not like we're hypnotized and and we just say what he what he's moving us to say, so we'll say the right thing. No, that's not what it is. It's not what he means here. He brings the truth before our minds and leads us to think upon the situation or the person that we should pray for. Mm. I, there's. It's it's like there's all this stuff and I'm trying to ha- keep it together so I can make sure you get all of it together and understand it. And it's hard to do. It's hard because there's so many things. The Spirit of God puts the truth before our minds. Now you can't do that if you're letting the devils have control of your mind. If you're letting them have access, you can't pray. Forget it! It's a spiritual thing. You can't pray if... You can't sit down, get on your knees, lay down, whatever, and have your mind clear. I mean, if you can't have peace, you can't lay down there in bondage and pray to God through the Spirit. No. You've got to get rid of the Spirit that's keeping you in bondage. This is what we've been talking about for a year. Your mind has to be cleared. Your mind has to be open to God and His Spirit and His truth from His Word to the exclusion of everything else. Pray without ceasing. We can do that. We can whisper a prayer while we work. 
We can be thinking and praying while we're working. Yes, that's right. And it depends on what kind of work you're doing too. You know. The Spirit of God makes it easy for us to pray this way. People talk about prayer being such a struggle. Such a struggle. Well, the only reason now that it is a struggle is because it's a spiritual battle. <clears throat> Daniel was praying. How long did the devil keep him held off? 21 days. Remember that? Well, how did he do that? Well, I believe he's the same way he does it with us. You ever try to pray and you got so much on your mind you just can't keep your mind focused on what you need to pray for? You just, so you just try to go through the motions and read your list and pray for that one and this one and the other one and, you know, and just get through it so you can go take care of all that stuff that needs taken care of. Well, you might as well forget that. We've heard the old timers talk about praying through. Well, you know what that means? That means just resisting the devil long enough till he gets away from you and God gets control of this situation where you're trying to pray. The Spirit itself helpeth, also helpeth us with our infirmities. That's what that means. Spirit will help you if you ask for it. We'll get to that in a minute. When we're praying in the Spirit, God, it makes it easy. The Spirit of God makes it easy for us to pray this way. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That goes for prayer too. There's liberty to pray if the Spirit of God is involved in it. We're, when we're praying in the Spirit, now that's what Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, capital S, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. I mean, it's a fight. It's a battle. Praying is a spiritual battle. Now, if you think praying is just in Spanish, there's two words for prayer. One just means recitation. The other means praying. And you know what the Catholics down there, what they call prayer? The recitation. Yeah. Yep. And Jesus said, when you pray, don't make, you know, don't, don't make long speeches and, you know, all of that. So you can be heard. Vain repetitions, yes. Don't do it with vain repetitions. That's not praying. When you pray, do it like this. And he didn't say, say these words. He said, this is how you pray. They said, teach us to pray. He said, well, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's an outline there of how you, how you get into communion with God. And you can go, you can cross-reverence that all through the Bible and you'll find that it's right on. Right on. You want to see somebody pray? Go to John chapter 17. Yes. Now there's the Lord's Prayer. Yes, sir. <laughs> and it's sweeter every time I read it. Yes, it's deeper every time I read it. It's just more captivating every time I read it. He was praying to the Father. 
He wasn't doing it so somebody else could hear. He wasn't doing it to show them how to do it. He was communing with God about some serious business. The Spirit of God makes it easy for us to pray. When we're praying in the Spirit, with the help of the Holy Spirit of God, we have liberty. When we feel bound, please listen to me, when we feel bound and unable to pray, it's because the spirits of devils are hindering us in prayer and will keep us from praying effectively unless we resist them and submit our mind and heart to God. Where's the battlefield? In your mind. It's where your mind. It's the battlefield in your mind. That's what Adriana told me last night. I told her all this stuff about, you know, you got to trust God and God is faithful and all of this and you got to know Him. And, and she said, it's my mind. That's where the problem is. That's what she told me. I said, I know that. That's where the battleground's at. That's where the devil fights you. That's where he talks to you. That's where he tries to influence you. And that's exactly the same place where God tries to talk to you and influence you. But we listen to the world around us that's under the control of Satan much more than we'll listen to what God says. What God says is right here in this book. You're not going to hear it through any other means. It's got to come from this book. Somebody's got to preach it to you or you've got to read it yourself. So when we feel bound, that spirits of devils, and we're not going to get through we're not going to pray effectively. Do you care if your prayers are effectual or not? Yeah. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. <laughs> There's times when you just, God's got to hear you. I mean, there's too much at stake. You don't want to get to that place and not be able to pray. Not know what to do. Not know how to pray. Not know what's going on. When you're overwhelmed with some tragedy or trouble in your life, the devil's going to just... He's just going to wallow you all over the place and you ain't going to be able to get through to God because he's going to be able to defeat you. Because you don't, if you don't know what's going on, that's why I'm telling you here tonight. When you can't pray, you better rebuke the devil. You better resist the devil. Just recognize what's going on. It's here. Resist him. And he will. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. All you got to do is resist. Wow. Is it that easy? Yes, it is. The Bible says so. But in order to resist Him, you've got to recognize Him. And that's what we're talking about this for. If you just realize when you're having trouble praying, it's the devil distracting your mind, messing with your mind. Resist Him. And, and give the Lord your mind. Invite Him to take control. Tell the Spirit of God to bring the truth of God before your mind. You can do that. And it's our duty to do that. And if we want to pray effectively, then that's what we've got to do. We've got to do that. God's not going to just do it all for us. That's why all the Scripture's in the Bible telling us this stuff. 
When we're led by the Spirit this way, our feelings are excited about the subject and we can pray earnestly in regard to it. See, the Spirit of God has a totally different effect on us, much more than one effect, but I mean, when the Spirit of God is in control and when we're being led by the Spirit, everything feels different than it does when the devil is oppressing and 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 got you in bondage. It's different. Where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty, freedom, joy, peace. All of that. When when we feel bound, it's it's the devil. Now there's no such thing as praying in the spirit without our heart being involved. See, our feelings are excited about the subject we're praying for. I mean, I'm talking about our emotions, our feelings. There's no such thing as praying in the Spirit without our heart being involved. That means our feelings will be involved in our praying. Y'all with me? You understand what I'm saying to you? It's not going to be cold, uh, apathetic, uh, disinterested... That's not how it's going to be. It's all that's going to be in front of you, in front of your mind. You have to... Feelings make a big difference. See, and, and everybody knows that. That's why most of the churches are using feelings. Everything's geared to stir emotions and feelings rather than your mind and, and the, with the truth. You know, the, here's the right order. You know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth, after you understand the truth, then the feelings. You have feelings. But you don't stir feelings and then try to slip the truth in on them. That's what that's the way most of them try to do. It doesn't work that way. But when you know the truth, when it when it when the light shines in, you may be one of the laid back, quiet kind that don't ever say amen or praise God or anything but you'll sure want to I mean it'll be you know somebody told me about some they, they used to make jokes about it said they went up they said they went now brother Matt's from Pennsylvania I used to think man that must be a bad place because I heard preachers say they went up there one time preaching and said the people just held up signs and said amen they didn't even speak or nothing you know then <laughs> I went to Pennsylvania and we was in a church up there one time and it was the wildest church I think I was ever in it was couldn't believe it but all that stuff, you know, I mean, that can all get phony and put on and all of that too. But man, if if communing with God and God being real to you and the truth dawning on your soul, if that don't stir your feelings and make you full of joy, what in the world? I've heard people say, well, if you go to the ball game and shout, you ought to come to church and shout. No, no, the reason they won't shout in church is because they're shouting at the ball game. <laughs> Amen. That's right. We're led by the Spirit. The only way to avoid having feelings when the Spirit of God puts the truth before your mind is to allow your mind to drift or focus on something else at the same time. <laughs> 
Have you ever struggled with keeping your mind on what you're praying for? Do you know what's going on now? Uh, now this is a fact, just as much as if you put your hand in a fire, you'll feel it right away. <laughs> I mean, you'll have some feeling. Put your hand in the fire. See, people are with this just like a little kid is about it. You know, don't touch that stove, it's hot. <clears throat> you know, as soon as you turn your back, they're going to do it. You can bet on it. Because they don't believe you. But they'll believe you after it's a hurting. <laughs> then what do we say? I told you. How do we know if the spirits, if it's the spirit's influence, the Holy Spirit's influence, or if it's some other? Well, we ought to learn to recognize and cherish the influence and the working of the Spirit of God in our lives. Oh, we really should. I hope that none of you are like most of the churchgoers of this generation where you're just looking for thrills and emotional buzzes and stuff like that and you think of God and the Spirit of God as, as, as if the Spirit of God just causes excitement and emotion. See, so many people go to church and that's all they're going for is to get stirred up. And... Uh, I don't know about what. I mean, a lot of times I don't know what they get stirred up about. I've wondered sometimes. We ought to learn to recognize and cherish the influence and the working of the Spirit of God in our lives. Do you really, really know the difference? Do you know what it is for God's Spirit to work in your soul? To give you light? To bring Scripture before your mind and give you the understanding. Whenever we're not experiencing, listen to me, I'm going to wind it down quick here. When we're not experiencing the comfort, the guidance, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's that's evidence that we're being influenced by spirits of devils. Simple as that. You're not happy? you discontent? You dissatisfied? You grumbling and complaining? Are you sad, depressed, down in the dumps, mad? Hmm? Well, now, this one question. Does the Spirit of God make you feel that way? Does the Spirit of God do that to you? No. All right, then where is He in your life when all that's going on? And furthermore, where did all of that come from? <clears throat> Keep losing my place here. A lot of people just blame it on the flesh, but that's not the origin of our trouble when we're unable to commune with God. The devil exploits the weakness of the flesh, and which he which which means that he takes advantage of our cares and desires about earthly things to distract us. Why can't we hold a little less tightly all the things and cares of life? Work. Uh, you know, stuff breaking at the house. 
Have you ever noticed that? I mean, I've seen that through all the years. I mean, if you're going to have something break at the house, it's going to happen on Saturday night or Sunday morning. It's true. Yeah. Why? Well, it distracts you on the Lord's day from what you're supposed to be doing on the Lord's day. Putting all that aside. If you're going to pray, you're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to lay all that aside. You can't be praying and thinking about now, let's see how many boards am I going to need to do that? You know. You can't do that. You got to gird up the loins of your mind. You got to learn how to control that thing. It's a member, just like your hands and your feet and everything else are. You can get a hold of it and think what you want to think about. That's why the Bible says, think on these things. You can do it. You can think about what you want to on purpose. So, if you want to pray, gird up the loins of your mind. Because the devil exploits that. He knows that it's very easy to just get us completely off track quickly and real easily by just reminding us of what's, what's wrong out there with that car. You know, or what I've got to do tomorrow. Or I can't forget to pay that bill. Or any number of other troubles in life. Just the fact that we're feeling and thinking and burdened down about someone, though, that's evidence that the Spirit of God is leading us. You hear me? We don't do that naturally. Normally, we think on things uh, that are, pertain to us more than other people. That's just the way it is. We don't naturally normally think on these things with much feeling when it comes to other people. But when you really get burdened about somebody else, or something that's going on that's affecting people's lives and everything, then you can pray better. Because you can keep your mind on it a lot better. Because you care. There it is right there. <laughs> you got to care. can't pray if you don't care. you got to really care. Then you'll pray. That's why people pray more for their own kids than they do other people's kids because they care more for their kids. Well, that's natural, I suppose. But the more like Jesus we get, the more we're going to care about other people's kids too and everybody else. The more like Jesus we get, grow, we're going to be able to pray with a burden for other people. And the more like Jesus we get, the more, the more we'll feel the urgency of things instead of just thinking like, you know, it's just we got time. I mean, who cares? He'll live another ten years. Well, you know, we may not think that, think that, or say that, but but that's the way we feel about it. We're just not that concerned. And then they die. And then we wish we'd have prayed more. Wish we'd have carried more of a burden. So if you if you really have a burden for somebody, where's that coming from? Does the devil make you do that? No, no, no he's not going to do that. Would a devil lead you to think and feel such things? Of course not. The Spirit is given an answer to prayer, and His influence is always connected to prayer. Think about that. Now listen to this verse. Jesus, in Luke chapter 11, verse 
13. He said, If ye then, being evil, <laughs> know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the... You might know what it says. Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. You're thinking about fish and rocks and bread and all that, you know. The subject of that verse is you ask God for His Spirit and He will give it. Elisha wanted a double portion of the Spirit of Elijah. Elijah said, it's not not mine to do that. I can't do that for you. That's the way it is here too. God does that. But the motive for asking for the Spirit has to be a right one. Only that you might be more useful to God and His kingdom and that God be glorified. If that's really your motives, your I mean real motives in your heart, God will answer that prayer. Not for any selfish reason, like to make you happy or of reputation or to give you some kind of thrilling experience to talk about. What was that deal I was reading to you the other day? Some some guy died and went to heaven and oh, he just telling all about it and everything. And I guarantee you the guy probably don't even go to church. But he's wrote a book and selling it and touring the country and telling everybody about it. And, and all these churches open the doors and just, wow! See, that's not in the Word of God. The devil does that kind of stuff. I can tell you real plainly. Not for any selfish reason. God will never fill a person with His Spirit so that person can go and brag about it and make something of himself in the eyes of others. Mm-hmm. I just think of all kinds of things I can say, but I'm going to hurry. You can no more pray without the Spirit's help than you can get saved without the Spirit's help. Amen. It's a spiritual exercise. Prayer is. The Spirit of God must be involved. And our spirit must be yielded to His Spirit. And we, and the devil cannot have any part in this matter. He has to be out. That's why there's a battle. He don't want out. He don't aim to be put out. And he's going to fight you about it. And me. So if we know that going in, we can do something about it. What can we do? Resist Him. Prayer, prayer without the Spirit of God's leading will be no more effective than preaching without the leading of God's Spirit. It's just a blah, 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 blah. You know. Now I lay me down and sleep. Pray, Lord, I'm so key. You know, that's, that's not praying. Well, to teach the kids to talk to God. Not like he's somebody real. Instead of just reciting some wore out poem. Thinking that'll cover everything. Who said told me the other day, I was listening to preaching or something. He said that, you know, this guy told him, said every night before, maybe his brother Kenny said that. He said, uh, that boy said every night before he went to sleep, he'd pull the covers up and ask God to forgive him of his sins because he didn't want to die in his sleep. Thought that'd cover it. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I did that too. 
Didn't want to die and go to hell. Thought, well, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. Good night. Did I ever think I'd take care of it? Nope. But at least I did something. But it's pretty futile, isn't it? Prayer without the Spirit of God's leading will not be any more effective than preaching is without the leading of God's Spirit. So prayer is a spiritual exercise. It's not a religious exercise or a ritual. And only those who pray in the Spirit can pray effectually. Spirit of prayer. We should learn to expect spiritual opposition in our prayers. Learn to expect it. And as with all the rest of what we've learned in this matter, we, we learn to recognize the enemy and what he's trying to do and simply resist him and submit ourselves to God. We don't just resist the devil. That's not what that verse says. Resist the devil. But we're to submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil. Submit to God. That's the way it works. Hope that'll help you. Helps me to understand a little better. God's people ought to be a praying people. In the time we're in, yes sir. We, we better be praying and not just throwing it at the ceiling. Bouncing it off the walls. We need to be praying. Uh, the Lord's ear is open. You know, and he hears the righteous cry. David said he prayed and it entered into his ear, into the Lord's ear. <laughs> you got to pray knowing God hears you. You're not going to do that without the Spirit of God helping you with your infirmities and interceding for you with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen. Well, Father, thank You for helping us tonight. Thank You for the Word of God and for the truths that are there that we just, seems like we just go through and just barely brush them as we pass. Lord, I pray that You'd stir a hunger in the hearts of these folks and all of us here to, to dig deeper and to take these things and go home and meditate on them and... Uh, Bring them in, assimilate them into our soul and spirit and mind and heart and and live according to what we've gained here tonight in understanding. Please help us. We want to be able to pray and know that You hear us. And we want to pray in a way that's pleasing to You and in an, and it's right according to Your Word and what You've told us and how You've told us. You're not running from us, hiding from us. You you want to hear. Your ears open to our cry. Praise your name. And I pray that you'd help us now as we leave here to walk with you the next few days, all of us, and then Lord, watch over us and give us opportunity to be a, a light out here in this dark world. Bless our church. Bless these children. Bless each one here tonight as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.